Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm or how I keep things simple in my homeschool. And really, I'll talk a lot about my faith and Jesus, because I truly believe that the remedy to clutter and chaos in this world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we will naturally desire the things of this world. So today, I wanted to do a special episode because we are almost to Christmas, and I wanted to talk to you all about the greatest gift I ever received. And I am really excited to talk about this today. But before I get started, I wanted to remind you guys that we have a new podcast sponsor, Apologia, which is a Christian publishing company. They have amazing resources for the homeschooling family. And also, you know, if you're not a homeschooler, they have amazing resources for a Christian family. They have um, a free ebook out right now that you can download at homeschool-101-com slash good tidings. It's called Good Tidings and it is packed full of Christmas um, encouragements and devotionals and activities and it would be a great thing to use over your Christmas break. So I encourage you to go check that out and I will have the link to that on the podcast episode webpage. So thank you, Apologia. And um, I wanted to talk now about um, the greatest gift I ever received. You know, so many times on this podcast, I talk about my simple life, and you'll hear all kinds of snippets about um, life out here on our little hobby farm and homeschooling and, and the things that we do. And, you know, it's just a little snapshot of our life in the present. And it doesn't really always give the full picture of the past. And I received the most amazing gift of my life, let's see now, um, about 20 years ago. And I am just beyond grateful and blessed every single day for the gift of Jesus and the gift of salvation. And I thought about this episode and I realized I had a podcast that would be coming out right before Christmas. And, you know, I wanted to make it a little special. And Lord, I I'm going to pray right here and right now. Lord, I ask that there, the, these words that I'm about to speak would go into the ears of exactly the person that you need to hear this message. May I share with them during this season, as we anticipate the birth of Jesus, the truth of who you are and the amazing gift that you offer to us. And Lord, may every word out of my mouth in this episode come straight from you and straight to the hearts of those who need to hear. And most of all, Lord, I would ask that anyone who hears this would share it, share this message so that the most people out there can be reached with the truth of Jesus at Christmas time. And I pray all these things in your name, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. So I wanted to talk about, obviously, I said the best gift I ever received was Jesus. And, you know, life is meaningless without Jesus. And how do I know? Because I lived a very, I don't want to say meaningless life, but at one time, I did not have meaning. I did not have purpose. 
I did not live the life that you hear about on this podcast or see on my Instagram or on my Facebook or on the blog. Those things have been beautiful and have been gifts, but they have come after the most important gift, and that is salvation. So what I wanted to do today was share a little bit really of my testimony and share with you and hoping that this would be shared with others who may need to hear this message at Christmas. You know, the world right now is getting ready to celebrate Christmas. And what does that even mean to half of the people that are celebrating, right? There's a huge distinction between those of us who are anticipating our Savior's birth. And, you know, we're giddy with excitement and delight because we have joy and joy in Christ. And then there's the people that are celebrating Christmas in the worldly way. And they're, you know, out there in the hustle and the bustle and the shopping and getting caught up in the stress. And, you know, Christmas time, it's supposed to be about joy, but they're not joyful because they're stressed and busy and um, caught in consumerism and materialism and all of those things. And we talked about this on previous episodes of this podcast, the simple Christmas episode, you know, and and we know that Satan would want nothing more than to steal Christmas. And he's done a good job of that in the world because people that don't know Jesus that are celebrating Christmas are celebrating the wrong things. They're celebrating the materialism and the gifts and the consumer culture, um, the gluttony, (laughs) right? Um, And then even for those in Christ, it's so easy to get distracted and um, celebrate this time with one eye on the true hope, the true joy, and one eye on the world. So I hope that even sharing my testimony at this time would sort of refocus you and remind you what we are truly celebrating. And if you remember your life before Christ and you know where you've been and where you could have stayed, may you celebrate that gift of salvation that you received. May you celebrate that with me today. So I'm going to take it back, I like I said, about 20 years. Um, but... I'll just give you a little bit of a a synopsis and how I came to know Jesus, to truly know Jesus, and why I celebrate this Christmas, the greatest gift that I have ever received. And if I've never received another material gift in my entire life, it doesn't matter because Jesus is all I need. I am complete in Him. And it's so easy to say that you know, all the time. And then we go out there and live in the world and think we need, we need, we need, we want, we want, we want. And when you sit down and you think about where you were before Christ and who you are now and what he accomplished on the cross, all of those things fade away very quickly. And you realize that Jesus is enough. He is our everything. He is our bread of life, our living water. Without him, we do not exist. So now that I've said that, (laughs) I will take it back um, and and let you know why I I am so passionate about this gift that I received. So I grew up in a a church family. You know, my family went to church and um, they gave me the best foundation that, that they could. And 
Um, you know, just for me, I remember my earliest memory of anything that has to do with God would be as a, I would say maybe four-year-old. And that's kind of funny because my family jokes with me. Whenever I have a memory, I always say, when I was four, and they're like, your whole life happened when you were four. Well, (laughs) I think that's just when I started remembering things. But I would say I was about that small, maybe, you know, four or five, whatever. I can remember that I would lie in my bed at night and I would think about this like idea in my head that there has to be someone out there. And I actually remember thinking it's like a boy and a girl because it's so, I don't know why I thought it that way, but I just thought it's so like bigger than us. But I remember thinking, it's not a boy, it's not a girl, it's just like bigger than that, you know. And I remember thinking um, that there's this being out there that knows everything. And that knows everything that will be and that knows everything that has. It's out there. What will be and what has been, there's something out there that knows all of that. So I can remember that. And then I can remember, you know, like I said, going to church every Sunday and going to um, classes for our um, church, you know, kids classes, Sunday school and learning all these things. Um, But something never really clicked with me. It was just this thing that I did. I went to church, but then I did life. And so as I got older, I started to, um, in my high school years, get into some pretty turbulent times. And I was really struggling in my inner self um, with, you know, just a lot of things. I had a really difficult transition into high school. And I didn't know how to cope with a lot of things. I didn't know how to handle a lot of things. Um, I didn't have a sense of, I didn't know the Bible at all. I didn't have a sense of really who God was. It was just sort of this thing I did, you know, on Sunday um, when we went to church. So the teenage years were extremely difficult in many ways. And um, to be quite honest, I put my family through torture. (laughs) I had many issues mentally. I um, was hospitalized a few times for an eating disorder, which I rarely ever bring up because it is absolutely 100% nothing to do with me anymore. I don't think about it as absolutely not a part of me at all. So I rarely ever bring that up to anybody because I feel like once you do, people look at you differently um, and think, you know, watch how you eat and do things. And it's absolutely nothing to do with me at all anymore. I'm a hundred percent cured, I will say, and it is nothing. But, you know, I think at that time it was more, less of the eating thing, but more of just a manifestation of me not being able to cope. So it was more of a mental problem. Uh, it really had nothing to do with food at all. Um, and it was just something I used to cope for a couple of years. And it did, you know, like I said, I wind, uh, wound up in the hospital a few times inpatient for six weeks at a time. Um, and it was extremely difficult on my family. So we went through a hard times. 
um, you know, some other really traumatic and difficult things that I don't need to give all the details for because, you know, a lot of that stuff is personal, but just very uh, turbulent and not really being grounded in truth and who I was because I didn't have Christ yet. So I didn't know who I was in Christ. So I was sort of just floundering. I did have a sense of um, a higher being. I did have a sense of God. And I, I had this thing with angels. I always believed in angels and sort of like very spiritual, maybe more new agey, you know, than Christian. But um, anyway, so I graduated high school and went to college and was so set on getting out of my house and I was going to go to college. I applied early admissions to one school and one school only because I had my heart set on this school. This is where I was going and I was never coming home. I wouldn't ever look back. And uh, lo and behold, I got myself into quite a bit of trouble that very first semester on my own. Again, without going into all the details, because sometimes details aren't necessary <laughs> or they're just too painful to talk about, um, ended up coming home after one semester, really lost. Um, I had found myself a boyfriend at the time that I thought was, you know, the be all end all of my life and completely gave my life over to that boyfriend who ended up being um, abusive in many different ways. So, um, that took another year and a half or so until he finally, um, left me and I thought that I would die. And I thought that I had no life without this person and that my future was over. And probably, you know, when people say you hit rock bottom or whatever, I would say at that time I did. And, um, you know, just through a series of events. I'm not going to give all of the crazy details. I'll be here all the, all night. But um, I moved out of my home, out of my parents' home. I was living with them and um, decided that I was going to move out. I was going to the local college, and there was an ad in the paper for a room for rent in a four-bedroom apartment in the next town over. It was located above a deli. <laughs> And um, there were three other girls. There were three three other girls in those other bedrooms, perfect strangers. None of us knew each other. But I answered the ad and um, moved into a home with three complete strangers. And, you know, looking back, praise the Lord, I did that. Even though looking back, I can't even imagine doing that um, in this day and age now. But that's what I did. And... Um, Lo and behold, one evening, well, let, let me say before that evening, I had been um, really lost while I was at this apartment, not knowing who I was um, or what the future held. And I can remember driving around in my car many times, and I would just drive and smoke. I'll tell you that I used to smoke even at that time big surprise if you knew me now. I can't even stand it, but I'd drive around just smoking cigarettes because I didn't know what, um, what else to do with myself sometimes. And I would cry, and I would kind of cry out sometimes, like, God, you know, because I believed in this higher being, this God that I had always heard about growing up. Like, 
what's going on? What does this life mean? I don't get it. Every day is so hard and it doesn't mean anything. And I don't understand what life is about. So I finally decided on one of these car rides, you know, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to church. I hadn't been to church in a very long time, years. I'm going to go back to church and I'm going to try it out. And there was a church down the road from my home and I had been brought up Catholic and it was a Catholic church. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go to that church because I was just so lost. I thought maybe I would find some direction. I knew the life I was living and the choices I were making deep down. I knew that they were bad. Um, and perhaps I was just looking to get back on good, you know, the good path again. So I, I did, I got up Sunday morning and I went to this church and, um, that week, that very week, it was a Thursday night. I had a roommate that, um, I lived with in the apartment and I had come home from work. I was a nanny and she said, we're going out tonight. It's uh, spring break and we're going to go, you know, we were always going to bars. Uh, another thing you would be very surprised about me, but yes, we were. She said, we're going to go to this bar tonight. And I was like, oh no, 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 I'm tired. I worked all day. Um, I don't want to go out. And it was like nine, ten o'clock. And she's like, you know, no, get ready. I want to go out. We'll see this band or something. I don't know what was going on at this local bar. So it was about 11 p.m. and I finally agreed to get myself fixed up and we would go. But I was very begrudgingly going. And we got to the place we were going. We were in the parking lot and we see these guys going inside. And I said, oh, I recognize one of them. I that was, you know, an old boyfriend of my cousin's. I just recognized him. I didn't know him. And she was like, oh, really? You know them? Let's go talk to them, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't really know them, but I knew of them. So we started talking to them. And there was this one guy in this group, and his name was Steve. And he started talking to me. And not long into our conversation, he spilled his beer on me. <laughs> You guys are going to be so surprised by this because this is so like, if you know me now, this is not how you probably thought I met Steve. And, um, so I laughed about it. I went to the bathroom. I got some paper towels or whatever. It was not a big deal. And we ended up talking the whole night and I'll, I won't get into all the details, but the rest is history. We were probably together every single day from that point on until now, it was just, we fell in love and we, um, you know, that whole thing. So the point I'm making with meeting Steve though, is I had just started going to church and then this guy comes into my life that is now not only nothing like anybody I had ever been with before, because he's really a good guy, uh, genuine, D didn't make wrong choices like I did, you know. He grew up with making all the right choices. He didn't stray like I had. And um, he said he would go to church with me. He also was a churchgoer and kind of, you know, wasn't going like consistently at the time, but he was also brought up in the church and he said he would go with me. So we did. We started going to church. And then we got married. We were still going to church and we just started to grow with our, our faith. But the biggest thing that happened um, during that time was I met a girl while I was working, 
this was shortly before we ended up getting married. It was, I guess, when we were engaged. I met a girl at my workplace, and she was different than anyone I had ever met. So here I was already on the upswing. I had been at the bottom of the pit. I met Steve. We were going to church. I was, you know, wanting to make right choices. I was having hope for my future. But I still didn't really understand Jesus. I didn't understand any anything about God. So we um, started to... I, so I met this girl at my, at my workplace, and from the moment I met her, I was like, who is this girl? Like, she just radiated this light that I had not ever really seen before. She talked to everybody, and every other word out of her mouth was how much she loved Jesus. <laughs> I had never met anyone like this before. And, you know, when all the other girls at work were talking about going to the bars after work or going here or there, she was like, oh, no, I don't, I, I, I would prefer like to do a Bible study. Would you guys want to come over and do a Bible study? I, I don't go to bars. And I was like, what? Like, it was just, she was so forward about her faith and so open about her faith. And I was afraid someday she was going to get fired because she was never doing her job. She was just always, well, I shouldn't say she wasn't doing her job. She was responsible, but it seemed like she was just always talking to everyone she could about Jesus. And yet all the girls there were like drawn to her. And she did. She invited us to her house for a Bible study. I had never been in the Bible. I didn't really know about it. And so I would go to her house for Bible study. And she was teaching us the very basics of the Bible and what it meant to be born again and what it meant to, you know, have a relationship with Jesus. And all this sounded like amazing. And I remember driving in my car another time after work thinking like, I want this. I re- this isn't just one of these like phases that you go through. Like I'm, I'm feeling changed. Like I want to live like her. I want what, what she has. And I started going to her home even by myself. And she would talk to me about my faith and, and I would say certain things that I had been brought up to believe. And she never once said to me, well, no, you know, that's not what the Bible says. She would just, or, or say, you're wrong. She would just say to me, well, why don't you see what the Bible has to say about that? You know, she never condemned me. I mean, here I was living not the kind of life she was living. And she was never condemning of me. She was, she did, wasn't accepting of what, like, she wouldn't say, yay, you may, you're making bad choices. She would just say, you know, why don't you see what the Bible has to say about that? That was her go-to to everything, to point people to the truth. And I didn't really understand the Bible, but she would teach me. And then I remember she sat down with me and it was right before my wedding and she sang at my wedding and it was beautiful and special. And it was right before my wedding and and I was saying to her, you know, I was nervous about getting married and I said, I made so many bad choices in my life. This can't possibly be happening. This can't all be true. Like this is too good to be true. I found this man who is wonderful and, you know, loves me and takes care of me and puts me first and isn't abusive. And she was like, you know, you understand that if you accept Jesus and you believe in Jesus and you truly believe that he died for your sins and you believe that he died on that cross and was raised from the dead, if you believe all that, you will be saved You can have what I have. You will have this joy in him. He will give you a new life. You will be born again. And I looked at her and I said, that's a really good story, but you don't know how much I've done. I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed. 
And she said, I'm telling you, this is what the Bible says. And I believe every single word of the Bible. And you can choose to believe it. And you will see that you will be transformed. Your heart will be made new. And I said, um, yes, I get it that you're telling me Jesus you know, will give me a new heart and he'll forgive me of my sins. But I still couldn't get past it. I would say to her, but no, my sins are too great. They're too big. And so yeah, that was an in, internal struggle I had for a long time until after our first child was born. Sweet, sweet baby Grace. And I looked at her and I saw the face of God because I said, I see that God has created this baby. I wanted nothing more in my life than to be a mom. I thought that would never happen. I thought when I was in that pit, I would never happen. Forget being a mom. I didn't think I'd ever find a man that would treat me like Steve did. And so I realized after I had her, <laughs> God is real. How can you look at your baby and not believe that? And I would just think about what this girl had told me, you know, all these things, and, and things started to change. And uh, I started to read the Bible, and we ended up, um, Steve and I, finally, like, talking and saying, you know, this is what we want. And he has his own testimony, but um, we ended up finding a real solid Bible-based church, non-denominational Bible-teaching church. And I heard that same message there, that there are no sins that are too big. And if you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, because that is the only way, that is the only way to eternal life. You will be saved because there was a separation. I lived in it. I know what it was like. There was a separation between me and God because I was living without Jesus. I was lost. I was in the dark. I had no hope. And I, before my own eyes, no one can ever, ever tell me God isn't real because when I look at my life, there is no way without supernatural happenings that I became the person or I am becoming this person. And it's a transformation, you know? If 10 years ago I wasn't this far, and I'll imagine what 10 more years will bring, you know? We continue to grow all the time. But I know without a doubt there is no way on my own, in my own power, in my own strength, I could have pulled myself up out of that pit and changed my life and, and changed my thoughts and changed my actions and changed my heart. And I know 100% that Jesus died on that cross to save us all from our sins. And all we need to do is believe it, repent, repentance from our old ways and asking God to change us. And knowing that in an instant, you're not going to be made this perfect person who never sins again, right? Because we're human. But there was a separation. There was a separation between man and God. 
and God provided a way because God is perfect and God is holy and God is a hundred percent without sin. So there is absolutely no way. If you just think about that logically, there is absolutely no way we can be in his presence because sin doesn't exist in his presence. We can't exist together with him in our sinful nature. And because back in time, when God created the world, he created this world to be perfect and Adam and Eve had everything they wanted, but they sought more apart from him and sinned. And because of that curse, the entire world, creation and human nature is under a curse. And because of that, we are all under that curse and we are all have now a sinful nature that will end in death apart from God. But because God is so loving and merciful and and God, he gave us a way. He provided a way. He sent his only son. Imagine that. Look at your child. Would you sacrifice your child? That's what God did. He gave his only son so that all who believe in him will be saved because that is the bridge between our sinful nature that ends in death and God who is perfect and holy and without sin. And so we are made able to be in God's presence because of Jesus. And no, we will never be perfect here on earth because we're sort of in this struggle between our heavenly realm and we are still living here on earth. But because of Jesus, I know 100% without a doubt where I'm going when I die. And that's the beautiful thing. People, you need to know this. I used to be terrified of death. I spent most of my first 20 years of life, if not 30, being terrified of death, consumed with what happens? I'm just not going to exist anymore. Or where am I going to go? Or what's going to happen in the end forever? The most terrifying thoughts that I couldn't even... Sometimes the, they were so terrifying, I didn't know how to, how to escape the thoughts. It, was, it, it crushed me. I don't have those thoughts anymore. I can't wait to be with Jesus forever. I anticipate the day to be with Jesus forever. Do I want to die tomorrow? Do I not get scared when the doctor tells me you might have something or you're sick or whatever? That's in my flesh, yes. But I know 100% that if My time, because we're all going to be faced with death. Not one of us will not face this problem of death. I know and I anticipate with joy that I will get to worship God in heaven forever. And there will be no tears. There will be no sorrow. There will be no sin. We will be able to be fully in his presence because of Jesus. There is no greater gift there is no greater gift than to see my life transformed before my very eyes. Was it an instantaneous transformation? No. Do I still have so much work to do? Yes. So much work for him to do on me. Yes. But when I open that Bible, I am like made alive. I get so energized by his words because his words are alive. It says in the Bible, his word is living and active. And I, I thirst for it. I want more of it. And that is something that has changed. I couldn't have done that myself. So I would tell anybody who's listening out there, if you don't have this gift, 
if you're not walking with Jesus, maybe you never heard of Jesus and you stumbled upon this podcast and praise the Lord if that is the case. You can email me at Karen at simplelivingforhim.com. Reach out to me. I will pray with you. I will pray for you. I will answer your questions. But know that no person, because I believe every single word of the Bible is true, and it says in there that no one will be able to get into heaven without Jesus. And it's not just about the getting into heaven. Like I said, your life here becomes meaningful and purposeful and transformed. And there is no greater gift than knowing that Jesus is all I need. I don't need another single thing in my life because he is where I have found my complete and whole self. There is so much more I could tell you about this. I could go on and on forever, but I just really wanted to get on here this week as we approach Christmas. And I wanted to share a little bit of my story. We all have a story. We all have a different way that God has reached out to us Some of us have walked really hard roads and we've had to go into really bad pits before we could really get to that place where we realized, I need Jesus. Some of us have had easier times, you know, brought up in the church, never rebelled, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. God uses whatever circumstances he wants to use so that we can come to him. And I would encourage you, if you if this is all brand new to you, I would want nothing more. That would be a gift to me to be able to answer your questions, to point you to the Bible, to point you to a church, to point you to Jesus. And if you're out there listening and you have that best gift, that greatest gift of Jesus, get out there and share it at Christmas time because that is what we are anticipating at Christmas. Not the presence under the tree, His presence in our life, His life in us. That's what we're celebrating. And you know, we're celebrating that He came to earth as a baby because God sent Him. Jesus lived an entirely perfect life to show us what it is like to live the way God wants us to live. And he came that way and he died, but he rose again. He is not dead. He is alive. And guess what? The Bible also says he's coming back. So we are, we celebrate at Christmas that he came and we anticipate that he's coming back. And when he does, There will be no more time for you to decide. Do I believe or don't I believe? That is it. I can't wait for the day he comes back. Every day I turn um, on the computer and I see the, the world out there and how much in a downward spiral we are. And I say to Steve, I hope Jesus comes back today. But then again, I say, no, because there are so many people that don't yet know. So I pray, I pray, I pray that this podcast would get out there to whoever needs to hear it and would know the truth. If you're confused, if you don't understand, just get on your knees and say, Jesus, I want to know you. Call out his name and he will answer. So I wish you guys out there a merry, merry Christmas. May you know the best gift that you will ever receive. 
your salvation in Jesus Christ alone. Thank you for listening. Again, reach out to me if you need prayer. I'm going to pray right now before I close this podcast. Dear Lord, I pray that every single word on here would um, just touch somebody out there, that these were the words that you wanted somebody to hear. May we, um, as Christians, share the truth, be bold, not be afraid to share the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas, everybody, and I will see you next time on the Simply Living for Him podcast. Until then, I wish you blessings and joy.